0: The biggest complaint we'll hear from sales leaders, prospects, and customers is salespeople talk too much. Mm. So, is it lack of knowledge, the IQ, or is it impulse control? Is it emotion right. management? Mm-hmm. I get nervous. I buy the buying signal. So, it's usually a combination of both, but we miss the training on the EQ side. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here
1: are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Ziveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business and make it stop running you so you can enjoy your work and your life.
2: In fact, we're the most practical business podcast in the world. It's time to go from being a business manager to a business leader so you can stop managing the daily grind and instead start leading the long-term growth of your organization. Here's the thing, though. Growing an organization is a team
1: sport, not a solo act. It's not lonely at the top if you bring your people with you. So, this podcast isn't just focused on getting more done and growing your organization. We
2: always focused on leading a team, your team, with confidence. And here's how we do that each week, a new episode will be released answering your pressing questions about running a business or organization. We always highlight one next step for you and include what we like to call an activation or delegation guide, so you can immediately take action, start applying what you learn, and get your team to help you. Well, let me introduce myself. I'm Trisha Shortino, the CEO of Belay, a virtual staffing company based in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm Lisa Zeevald, but everyone calls me LZ. I'm the COO of Belay, and we have the privilege of helping thousands of organizations save time, decrease hassles, and reduce the stress associated with running a business with administrative support.
1: We're excited you're with us today. In this episode, we'll be talking about how emotional intelligence and soft skills produce hard sales results. We'll be joined by Colleen Stanley, founder and president of Sales Leadership, Inc., a sales development firm. She will talk to us about about how to build high-performing sales teams through the power of emotional intelligence.
2: You got that right. Colleen shares her thoughts on what she likes to call the insanity loop and how too often we focus on hiring new sales team members based on their hard skills and overlook soft skills. Your sales team needs to be able to connect with your prospects by listening to overcome those objections. And that takes, well, emotional intelligence.
1: But before we hear today's listener question, we want to let you know that One Next Step is brought to you by Belay's Social Media Strategist Service. While social media is great for business, we know it's a lot to manage. Most small business owners don't know what to do or how to use social media, so they don't even try. Are you unsure of which articles to share, what to retweet, or how to schedule that video? Do you feel like you don't quite know or understand how to speak to your audience? Are you daunted
2: by learning the ins and outs of a new or any social media channel? And even if you're trying to get into the game, managing your social channels, promptly responding to comments and messages, and tackling scheduling takes time. And well, that may be time that you don't have to spare, you can make the most of your social media presence, and that's where we can help. Every social media specialist boasts the Belay-vetted expertise that we've provided to thousands of entrepreneurs and executives for the last 10 years. With a social media strategist, you can stay ahead of your competition and make lasting connections with your community and your target audience. For more information, visit belaysolutions.com. Now, let's get started with today's listener question. Hi, Tricia and Lisa. It's Jamie from Michigan. In addition to owning my business, I'm currently my top salesperson and leading one additional sales rep who's doing well. However, he just joined my team nine months ago, and I would say that I'm a natural salesperson. Um, but now that I'm training someone else, I'd like to know what skills do I need to develop and refine among my sales team to drive performance so, How do I lead my salesperson well so that he can replace my contributions to our revenue? Thank you, Jamie. I really appreciate the focus of your question. At Bolay, we're all about developing others. Leading others well is the right path to growth. So, here to help us tackle the question is Colleen Stanley. Colleen is the founder and president of Sales Leadership Inc., a sales development firm. Colleen is also the
1: author of Emotional Intelligence for Sales Success. And her recently released book, Emotional Intelligence for Sales Leadership. We'll include links to both these books in our show notes. With her and her team's experience helping national brands with sales and sales management training courses, seminars, workshops, and business development programs, we asked Colleen to join us today. Now, enjoy our interview with Colleen Stanley. So, Colleen, you talk a lot about entrepreneurs, executives, and managers who lead salespeople, how they kind of get stuck in what you refer to as the sales leadership insanity loop. By the way, Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, (laughs) Would you mind kind of talking to us about that, explaining it to us, and really why is it so important?
0: Well, you know what I found in my years, not only being a former VP of sales, but also now for 20 years working with sales teams, is a lot of well-intended CEOs and sales managers are working on the wrong end of the sales performance mm-hmm. issue. So let's start with you know hiring top salespeople. Now, rightly so, they're going to be looking at what I call the hard skills. I often refer to this as a sales IQ. So do they have industry experience, number of years of selling experience? But when you sit down and talk to a CEO or a VP of sales as to why this hire didn't work out, you never hear things like, well, you know, they weren't prospecting or hitting quota, which, which is going to sound a little amazing for your audience today. You'll hear things like, bad attitude wasn't a good team player bull in a china shop and didn't care so it's often they're missing vetting for the soft skills the very very important skills that lead to retention in organization Uh, when you look at take a look at training and development so myself included i love training the hard skills negotiation prospecting asking good questions but when you really examine closer why salespeople aren't demonstrating the right selling behaviors it usually goes back to lack of development of a soft Mm -hmm. skill, EQ skills. Mm -hmm. So that's the insanity loop where we're actually having people, um, it's the old diet and exercise program. I can go out and run Mm -hmm. 10 miles, but if I come back and eat a bag of chips, which I love chips, um, not gonna do much good. (laughs) Donuts,
1: can we have donuts? (laughs) Yeah,
0: so so we're actually only working on 50% of the success equation in many sales organizations.
1: So why is it so important to then get out of that loop?
0: Well, if you like big headaches and big bruises, that'd be your first reason there. <laughs> uh, but but I I'm, I'm particularly say in these tough business environments where everything's getting more uh, competitive, you have a lot of industries there where there's the commoditization factor happening faster and quicker. You really don't have the luxury of being average. I don't think you've ever had the luxury of being average. But today's business environment is not kind to average salespeople, average sales organizations. So if my team is only equipped with 50% of the skills, they're probably not going to win 100% of the business that they could or should. So it's really giving them 100% of the uh, skills to be successful, not only in sales, but in life. Because happy life, happy salesperson, happy sales manager.
2: Yeah, totally, totally. One of the things, um, one of the key points that really resonated with me, um, not just being a leader, but also being a mother, was when you talked about the cookie monster and delayed gratification. And uh, Trisha and I were talking um, last week, and I said, I really think we just need to get every single leader within our organization to read your book because for me it even went beyond salespeople. I happen to believe that a lot of our employees, most of our employees and probably within every organization, even though you might not be in a quote unquote sales role, you're really selling mm. all the time. You're always selling something. And to really bring it back to the EQ side of things, I think could really resonate with a lot of folks, a lot of leaders who are struggling on that insanity loop and in turn have a healthier culture and just a healthier, more productive team when they're focusing on EQ more so.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we've said this for years, and we're kind of taking a phrase and coining it to sales, but we say it takes a sales village to win and retain business. And so, you know, for many sales organizations, and rightfully so, they're very focused on bringing in new business, right? But -hmm. according to Peppers and Rogers, You know, if you have a client that doesn't feel like you understand them and know them, 60% will leave. And it's not due to price, which we love to blame it on price. So (laughs) Right. Right. And so often, you know, we bring it in the door and then who's taking care of your clients, the tech team, the customer service team. And if they haven't been trained in emotion management and empathy, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. often they're not holding those good sales conversations that need to happen with the installation or service of your product or service. So it really does take a sales village. And I'll add one more note here. You know, with marketing, right? And so digital marketing, it's becoming a big game. Yeah. If your marketing department, person, agency, whatever size you are, if they are not listening to phone calls uh, in the day when we could write along and those days we'll come back, meeting with clients, how can they possibly write good, empathetic copy?
2: Oh, so true. So, yeah.
0: you know, the marketing department needs to have a set of KPIs as far as how many conversations did you listen to? Because okay. when you actually can hear what a prospect is actually saying, that's when you write good copy or develop better marketing messages. So it does take a sales village.
1: I I love that we have a huge account management team here at Belay. It took us, you know, years before we realized the value of a account management and customer service, really keeping the clients that we have is equally as important and Way cheaper than constantly (laughs) going to find new clients. So, you know, having a win win scenario where your sales team is thriving and has the right training and education and soft skills, and then you're customer management team or your client success team, your product management teams also have the same thing because we believe in exactly what you're saying. I mean, we have to win over our clients every month to continue to want to be our clients. So we need those teams to be as equally um, skilled in their emotional intelligence to handle it as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And even our leaders too, we challenge our leaders Mm -hmm. to talk to a client You can't just be in your leadership role and whether you're finance or like you said, marketing, you know, you could be in IT. You still need to understand our clients because we're all in this together. We're here Mm -hmm. to serve our clients with excellence and continue to provide great service.
0: And you know what I'm hearing from a lot of my clients is that decision-making is changing. Bigger offices, bigger titles are getting involved, right? And Mm -hmm. so if you don't have that type of mentality that it takes a sales village, you know, frankly, you're setting your seller up for failure because it's not that they don't respect the seller, but they're sitting there going, sometimes I want to know that your company cares enough that you bring in the big titles to the meeting. And, right. and yeah. so I think it's mm-hmm. great that you're doing that because I'm hearing this from a lot of my clients and they've had to really do some quick pivots here to make it happen. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So how do we get our um, ourselves and our organizations off of this dangerous
0: insanity loop? Well, you know, the first thing I think you have to do in life, and it's going to sound so simple, make a decision. And, you know, and so I grew up in a very practical Midwest upbringing. And so I'm like, either do it or quit complaining about it. And I actually don't care which decision you make. Yes, right.
1: Yes. It sounds like a good training plan. <laughs> You're
2: speaking my love language.
0: <laughs> and so so it really is making the decision that I believe it's important, and then just like anything else in life, you study it, right? This is how we all got good uh, at whatever our craft is. But then Mm. I think the second thing is, especially for sales leaders, if you're having a seller and you've got a sales performance challenge, whether it's prospecting, closing business, not asking enough questions, diagnose the right end of the problem. Do you actually need to teach more sales training skills because sales is a profession just like anything Mm -hmm. else? Or is the root cause lack of these soft skills? And I'll give you a quick example. Going back to your cookie monster. So (laughs) everybody, everyone has heard the cute phrase, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. (laughs) Okay, that's new, right? And then we teach our salespeople questioning model. And yet the biggest complaint we'll hear from sales leaders, prospects, and customers is salespeople talk too much. Mm -hmm. So is it lack of knowledge, the IQ, or is it impulse control? Is it emotion management? Mm -hmm. I get nervous. I buy the buying signal. So it's usually a combination of both, but we miss Mm -hmm. the training on the EQ side. Impulse control, emotion management, Mm self-awareness.
1: Love that. So in your book, you provide 34 excellent interview questions Mm -hmm. to help us kind of better select emotionally intelligent salespeople. So let's just take, if you wouldn't mind, a minute and kind of talk through that. So what would you say is one practical thing? You know, we are the most practical business podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, that's what we like the to world. say. In the world. <laughs> so if, if we want to drill it down into a practical level, what would you say is something we can do to improve our own emotional intelligence? And what's one thing we can do to help our sales teams develop their EQ?
0: So this concept is not new. However, it's not practiced on a regular basis. And when you really study emotional intelligence, knowing your emotions, what you're thinking and feeling, the ability to tune into other people's emotions, not react to how they're showing up, Mm -hmm. it starts with emotional self-awareness, which is developed first and foremost by carving out quiet time each and every day. And I'm going to mm. suggest the morning before people grab their cell phones. I call it the adult binky now, right? We can't go anywhere without <laughs> oh, it. And and we get up in the morning good. and we, we, we check our emails and then we've got this, you know, even though the emails don't even have anything... Yes horrid in them, right? A problem. Our brain is racing, right? So now we've given our body a big shot of cortisol. It's just a mess, okay? So just carve out some quiet time. And for me, um, because I am a person that had to study emotional intelligence. I am the former bull in a china shop. OK, ask anyone that's worked with me. <laughs> but I got a little tired of using that approach. And, and
1: might it, know a little bit about what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: and, and, you know, and I always got no one would ever lack, you know, point out lack of integrity, work ethic, but there had to be a different way to do it. So for me, when I'm sitting and reflecting, I'm going to be asking, hey, what trigger showed up yesterday that possibly mm-hmm. caused me to respond in a manner I regret? trigger response regret loop because stimuli is not going to change a challenging conversations challenging people those aren't going to change and we all know it's our reaction Um, you also have to have enough confidence to say was I the trigger so if I'm not being aware I can be sitting down and I'm gonna have a really good coaching conversation with a salesperson but my face is intense I don't do any love before the meeting and this is a person that needs love so the advice is spectacular And no one can hear a word I'm saying because I triggered them emotionally with my intensity. So I think it's the self-reflection because then once you start tuning into what you're thinking or feeling, then you develop the mega. And I will tell you, it's the mega influence skill. And that is empathy. Because I always Mm -hmm. tell my clients, how can you possibly influence someone if you don't know, care, or understand what they're thinking or feeling?
2: Right. And you can't.
0: But think about it. Empathy is a thinking skill before it's a verbal skill. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So if we're not thinking, we can't verbalize. And that's the piece we we somewhat miss in our marshmallow instant gratification. Got to get after it now. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that that morning, let's say that that journaling and that quiet time, do you recommend? I mean, literally, writing down how the previous day went or how you're feeling or wh- what would that what would that 15 minute chunk of time in the morning or whatever it look like?
0: You know, what I like to do immediately, and this is a little bit of the neuroscience, I think, of high performance um, sales life is I really do like to start with gratitude And Mm -hmm. so this can sound, if people aren't familiar with how powerful this is, I'll give them the physiology. Literally, when you're grateful, your brain starts releasing the feel-good hormones of dopamine and serotonin, right? Mm -hmm. And so you literally feel better, which changes your emotional state. And so, and and all of us are a little, can be a little wired to be with that survival brain, you know, fight or flight, Mm -hmm. and it certainly Mm -hmm. doesn't help with social media and all the bad news. So I always start with gratitude. And then simply the reflection. So I think for people, it can be Mm -hmm. writing down. For me, it's thinking. Um, Other times, I simply read books that aren't really business books in the morning. I tend to read those uh, later at night. What are books that are going to make me a better person and show up better? Mm -hmm. And I find that's what I write a lot of my blogs about. (laughs) That's what I bring into my training. So there's a lot of other literature out there that can actually make you better Mm -hmm. in your leadership role. And they may have nothing to do with business. Good spiritual book. Oh, good uh, yeah. self-improvement book. no. no. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, people don't realize that they control what happens to them and the outcome of it. And so then they want to blame it on everybody else. And why I resonate so much with EQ is because I'm a big believer in you can create your own destiny, you can create your own success. And so leveraging that quiet time, really getting to know yourself, really planning what you Mm -hmm. expect to happen, treating others like you wanted to be treated, right? Nobody wants to go into that meeting and have that very gruff leader looking at them Nobody wants a leader who's not empathetic, right? So if you just take charge of that, and here's the thing, and this is embarrassing to say, right, but I feel like so many leaders and sales individuals miss that empathy part that if you walk in with it, you already have a leg up because they're, they're not used to seeing that and feeling that. So these are really good, good things that just make you a better human in addition to a better sales leader. Yes. Yes.
1: Right, and and you don't you don't trade one. You're not trading empathy for right. drive, competitiveness, right. desire to achieve. So I think a lot of people think, well, if you're driven and sa- a salesperson and you're achieve and you want to hit quota, that you can't also have empathy and be kind, and that those different skills don't mesh or marry together. But with a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. like the former bull in a china shop. <laughs> You actually can be all those things. You can be driven and want to succeed and w- want to achieve a goal and be sales oriented and also have great empathy and emotional intelligence.
0: Absolutely. And, and you bring up something that I get a lot of worry from. So it's it's so interesting when you're teaching empathy, there'll be a hand that goes up and says, but we still got to hit our numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's literally yeah. like this because they don't want you to think, I'm a kind person, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And so I think right. it's it's never either or you may need to have empathy and assertiveness. And the assertiveness is now stating the behavior change you need. But if I made that connection, and if you study great negotiation skills, you will find in the really good negotiation books, they will talk about empathy. But it doesn't mean that you're not trying to get the best for your company, get the best for somebody else. So I, I think, you know, empathy and assertiveness That's how you, if you need to have the crucial sales conversation, those are the two skills you bring into play, plus emotion management, so you don't Mm -hmm. get triggered, because you Mm -hmm. are managing human beings, and sometimes when they feel that, you know, they may not have developed as much in their journey, so they're going to lob an excuse back, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we've heard of them, I don't get enough training, I don't, price point's terrible, I have a lousy territory, and if you allow yourself Mm -hmm. to get emotionally triggered, then you can't Mm -hmm. execute the right sales leadership skills. And, uh. You know, so for me, I find myself fighting for the need to be right. I, I love yeah. the need to be right. So I've got, I've got to really watch that. Are,
2: are you an Enneagram one by chance? I, you
0: know what? I just read about the Enneagram and I'm looking to take it because it... Oh, good. Uh, yes, you have I, to share right
1: when you find
2: about. out. <laughs>
0: So I'm not let, sure. You know.
2: Let us know. Let us know. Yeah, that, that's the thing I'm plagued with is I need to be right, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm an Enneagram one who I guess they call that the perfectionist. So that's why I threw that out there. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe it was growing up in a large family and all you wanted to do was get the last word in. So maybe it's just a bad habit that <laughs> <in> my adulthood.
2: <laughs> That's true. Well, as we've mentioned, a lot of these um, concepts and a lot of the things that you talk about in your book do relate to just not just sales leaders, but really leaders across an organization and really resonate to just being a a good human being, right? Having great relationships. So is there anything, like Tricia said, we're the most practical business podcast. Are there some things that maybe we could leverage? Maybe there's some encouragement that you could share just as an organization on how to to reach our organization goals much like sales goals there mm-hmm. are things within us as an organization that we have to reach so is there anything related to eq that
0: could help us reach those goals so i'm kind of hearing possibly two questions here yeah. and maybe it's influencing the organization that these soft skills can indeed produce hard sales results
2: mm-hmm. so
0: if you're so from a position of influence Let's say you're trying to persuade people that empathy really can make business happen. And so instead of telling, you'd simply ask questions such as, well, what was the conversation not happening? And people will look and they'll say, what do you mean? What was the elephant Mm -hmm. in the room that we didn't pick up on and therefore is the reason we didn't get a second meeting or we lost the opportunity? And so I think when you're starting to influence people, This is what I realized 10 years ago when we started working with this body of work. You had to be very good at linking it to hard sales results because, frankly, uh, people are at a point where, especially right now, where I'm seeing is we've got to hit the physiological needs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Right. Economic security, physiological security, and that really never goes away. So as you're starting to bring this in, become very good at linking the cost of not having Mm -hmm. EQ. I see a lot of times when they're not having conversations with the right decision makers. C-suite, big office, big title. Well, yeah. then we've got to say, well, is that lack of knowledge? We've, we've taught them all the org chart, user buyer, technical buyer, all those great terms. Or is it a belief system? I don't have the confidence. How many deals are we losing because of that? Mm. And so it's it's asking the provocative questions where they start going, well, and and you can say, well, can they demonstrate the selling skills? And this is when I learned, really got convinced they could actually demonstrate the skills in a role play. And yet when they got out in a real sales call, they weren't demonstrating those skills. Mm-hmm. That's lack of soft skills, assertiveness, impulse control, okay. optimism, self-talk. And so that's what I would advise people to do start linking it with the conversation and questions.
1: Mm, That's great. I I love that. Yeah. When you say self talk, you know, confidence, even, right? Maybe confident role playing with their small team, but then going out and doing it to a prospect is a different.
0: Well, you know, objection handling, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I crack up when I teach objection handling because, first of all, we believe, bring them up. Why are you waiting for the prospect? That's mm-hmm. the most, yeah. big, right? And you can you do all You they know they are. And i got the whiteboard here. You can fill a whole whiteboard with the objections. And then my next question yeah. is, okay, now what's your response to that objection? And everyone's mm-hmm. looking at me like a deer in a headlight. And so I said, okay, first of all, what we should be shocked at is that you don't have a response prepared. And secondly, since you were able to whiteboard it, why not bring it up before they do it's the Mm -hmm. elephant in the room. So it's just really, and then, so again, uh, I think a lot of uh, sales doesn't happen because salespeople have a limiting belief. Mm -hmm. It's not polite to talk about the elephant in the room, Mm -hmm. or I don't know where this conversation is going to go. And so there's, that's a whole body of work Mm -hmm. there, but that's just one small example.
2: So much goodness all here today. And I could Mm. keep on talking about EQ and I could keep talking with you, Colleen, because we have so much in common. So this has been absolutely fabulous. And I really do appreciate you just coming and parting your knowledge on us and helping our listeners out there gain some more knowledge on EQ and help for their sales leader. Mm. So thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Trisha, Lisa, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed our conversation and I could have talked another hour as well. Yes, (laughs)
2: thank you so much. Wow, Colleen just really brought some great information. I love EQ. I love the fact that she took this topic that is so relevant today, and she really put it focused around sales leaders. But like I said, she also kind of talked about how it relates just to leaders in general. So, you know, I'm dying to know, Trisha. what are your takeaways from today's episode?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and I like even how you said when we were talking to her about how it even carries over into life in general. Yes. So, you know, sales, whether it's sales leadership, leadership, or just life such great wisdom. And I love emotional intelligence as well. So for me, my favorite part was, or maybe the part that really resonated with me is the part that you can have high emotional intelligence and empathy, yet also be ver- a very driven type personality, goal-oriented, results-based. Because I think that sometimes there's a common mis conception that you can't be both of those things, that you mm-hmm. you can't be driven and be empathetic. So I love that she talks a lot about, you know, she, a former bull in a china shop, yes, which really yes. resonates with me that, you know, you really can teach yourself. It is a skill set mm-hmm. on how to manage your soft skills and how you show up. And not that not take away from your drive and your ability to, to achieve results and, and those things. So I love how that really married those two things together. It really speaks to me. As an Enneagram 8 type of personality, it was yes. really um, relevant.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, and you think about it, at least for me, sales are the most driven. I don't know. I mean, I just mm-hmm. always kind of go that when I think about which department in an organization is most driven, I would think sales, which means that they would be the most assertive. And yet at the same time that they can marry that really well with empathy and listen, right, to what mm-hmm. their prospects want.
1: Really right. Exactly. Yeah. How about you?
2: I liked the reflection and the journaling part. I think that we talk about journaling for mental health in general and, and gratitude. She said, you know, she loves to start with gratitude, but I don't know how often people really journal about their communication and Mm -hmm. how they show up. I think it's really easy just to journal about dreams and hopes and all those things are super important, but to really take inventory how people related to you the day before, what was some feedback perhaps that you got, maybe there were some areas that you just wish that you would have done better, or again, let's celebrate Mm -hmm. the things that you think that you really excelled at, and then day by day, you can look back at that. And I'd be hard pressed to think that you couldn't really make up some ground in just a few short weeks if you continued to do that and really um, spend time in reflection. So that was good. I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I couldn't, I could not agree more. I mean, what an, what an exercise
2: to consider. Yes. I love it. Yes. So you know what time it is. (laughs) It is time for the one next step. As the most practical business podcast, we want to make sure that taking action isn't overwhelming to you. So each episode, we're going to offer you one next step to propel you and your business forward. And today's next step is to build or update your sales team training program.
1: Absolutely. And to help you do it, we always provide what we call an activation or delegation guide. And this week, we are offering our sales team training guide. So we're going to share excerpts from- from Belay's actual training guide covering some of the activities, resources, tools we require our team members to complete and use to become world-class salespeople. Whether it affirms what you're already doing or inspires new approaches, we believe you'll find it helpful. To download it now, text the phrase one Next Step to 31996 or visit one That's 1nextsteppodcast.com.
2: When you request today's guide, you'll also receive a summary of today's episode, which includes key quotes and takeaways, links to resources mentioned in this episode, and questions to ask yourself or your team to further explore today's topic. We'll also give you a link to a 10 to 15 minute playlist that you can play in the background while you focus on your one next step. So again, text the phrase one next step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com.
1: And if you're not convinced already, we will even give you an opportunity to submit your business questions so one of us or a future guest
2: can answer it during an upcoming episode. So here's our challenge to you. Download the guide and then give yourself the next 10 to 15 minutes to work on your next step. And with that, Thank you for listening to this episode of One Next Step. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us next time for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Until next time, own your journey. It's your
1: life and your business. It's up to you to create the life and organization you want.
2: Start by making today count.
0: Thanks for listening to
1: One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then, join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources,
2: visit onenextsteppodcast.com.